and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. All right, we'll start out here tonight with yet another update on the polygamist situation. And at this Free point, Talk Live, your polygamist outlet. Well, I've been pretty, sta- I've been pretty staunchly defending these people. Okay. I mean, considering their disturbing kind of lifestyle that certainly no one here necessarily agrees with, uh, I've taken a little bit of heat from some of the listeners uh, for for defending these people's lifestyle. It's it's their business. Uh, they. It certainly weren't trapping these uh, young ladies on their little campus, their 1,700 acres of uh, their fortified zone or whatever the heck it is you want to call whatever they were living on, their plantation. And so no one was really forced to stay there. Certainly they were brainwashed. Certainly they were inculcated. But that's their life. It's their business. As far as I'm concerned, it's none of mine. That all is true. And I still feel that way. But... I heard, I think it was, I don't remember who it was, someone called in a few days back and suggested that these people were taking welfare. Now, I hadn't actually seen any confirmation on that up until this point. Well, it's my understanding that that's so, and yeah. they've also gotten into uh, local politics in a lot of the, the towns they are. And, Have they? And, and likely thereby, you know, the, the church elders dictate to the entire town. Um, you know, how things are going to be. It would probably stink really bad to uh, be in a town where these folks rolled in and, you know, bought a 1,700 acres and built a big compound, and, you know, they're, they're a hell of a voting block. Yeah. So now that I've uh, confirmed here, according to LewRockwell.com's Rick Fisk, confirmed that they are indeed taking welfare, it's hard for me to really care that much about what's happening to them. Well, I don't... I, I don't think that – I don't know what their policy is and why it is they're taking welfare. Tell me you about take, – You take money from the state. I'll get into the article, but my basic viewpoint here is you've gotten into an agreement with the state government to say that you want to take these welfare payments. Therefore, if they come in and take your kids from you, whatever. I, I, I find myself – I find it hard to care anymore at this point now that I, now that I know that detail well, is I think true. It's, I think it's still wrong that the state you know, hangs out this carrot of uh, welfare. If you're in trouble, Welfare's wrong. we can sure. help. Sure, but when you get into a deal with the state, don't be surprised but when they f you over. That's not the deal, though. That's not how it's presented. You don't sign a piece of paper that says, "Well, you're taking our welfare payments, so we get to do whatever we want to your family." Okay. And the fact All is, right. they'll do whatever the hell they want to your family anyway. Anyway, that much is true. But they would have a much more uh, principled position if they were not actually taking welfare and the state came in and uh, ruined their lives, as it has done. Rick Fisk writes from LewRockwell.com, I picked up my local paper this Sunday only to find a half dozen background articles on the polygamists who've recently been shown what Texas-style hospitality looks like. I was treated to various articles on the history of the group's leaders and their persecution by state officials in Arizona, Colorado, and now finally Texas. Of course, it wasn't called persecution. The raid was said to be an act of kindness for young women who are forced to marry against their will. These evil, evil men, women, and children are refusing to bow down to the state and conform to societal norms, so they must be punished, apparently. The raid, executed by machine-gun-toting, tank-driving county sheriffs, ripped 416 children away from their mothers so that the state child protective services could question them and discover whether or not they were being abused. There are some beginning to question whether the state's action was itself abuse, but these are like cries in the wilderness. 
the entire and when that's what that's what we've been questioning. That's what we've been suggesting here for the past few weeks that this has been an incredible tragedy of just in huge proportions. The entire ordeal was justified by authorities who acted upon a second-hand report of a desperate 16-year-old girl claiming to have been abused by a man who wasn't even in the state of Texas and has not been for over a year. The April 3rd raid on the Yearning for Zion Ranch was prompted by a call made to a family violence shelter purportedly by a 16-year-old girl who said her 50-year-old husband beat and raped her. The girl has never been identified. It gets worse. The girl may have actually been a 33-year-old Rosita Swinton, who has a history of hysterical calls into authorities which have mobilized them into action in more than one state. Mm. You'd think these shocking facts would cause a great deal of embarrassment for Texas law enforcement officials, but it doesn't seem to have fazed them in the slightest. The judge at the initial arraignment has ordered every child to undergo DNA tests while also separating them from their mothers. In addition, they have ordered the parents uh, to undergo tests as well which I believe is probably going to lead them to figure, uh, to, to charge more people, to charge people, uh, the parents, with uh, statutory rape, especially the fathers. And uh, there's no real evidence of that. That's just how I feel about it. It seems to me kind of one of the underlying reasons that they could have for wanting all this DNA information. But, of course, none of these officials has the decency to be embarrassed about what they're doing. They're counting on the fact that what the FLDS does is unpopular. It doesn't matter that their warrant was totally unjustified as long as they can count on the media to carry their smears about those whom they've targeted. This is very similar to what happened with Vernon Howell, a.k.a. David Koresh, and his church near Waco, Texas. We can breathe a little easier since Janet Reno wasn't anywhere near a place of authority during the raid. What makes this situation hardest to bear is that the FLDS has a lot to answer for politically. While it may seem they're fairly innocent, they just want to practice their religion in peace. They are victimizing us Texans. While I don't have any problem with people who want to practice polygamy, it's practiced in many other countries with no apparent ill side effects, I do have a problem with the way the group makes it possible to sustain this practice financially. The FLDS Church has skirted the polygamy laws, not that the laws are legitimate, by avoiding a marriage license. Fine. The state may not recognize unlicensed marriage, but they also have no legitimate legal authority to turn a religious institution into a legal institution. However, the FLDS goes a step further by having the unwed mothers apply for state welfare. Hmm. They don't just want to live their lifestyle in peace. They want to have the people of the state of Texas pay so they can afford to maintain so many wives and children. Right. If you're, you know, uh, the, 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 the kind of people out there that if, if polygamy was legal in the United States... Likely, um, one of the one of the sort of psychographics that uh, one of the, the the groups of people that you could point at would be rather wealthy folks, uh, likely men, mostly rather wealthy men that would take on several wives. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, women would. I, I don't know. The, what comes to mind is the girl next door, girls next door, the Hugh Hefner Playboy Bunny show. Have you seen this? Have not. Oh my God! It is a, a TV show. It, it it is it is a real. It, it's it's an opus in uh, stupid stupid television. Um, what is it? Yeah, it's a television show, reality television show of uh, the the real life of uh, three blonde. Uh, oh, his girlfriends. Like, yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, they look the same basically, but they're not necessarily. One of them sleeps in his bed apparently, mm -hmm. and then the other two do not. Um, I've been t told. Do this. they rotate in and out, or? I get the impression they just live in the mansion. Hmm. I don't know what's going on. I okay. mean, at this point, they've been doing the show long enough that whatever arrange you know they they have to keep whatever arrangement they would have had. I'm sure that. 
I don't I don't know. I don't know what the, what kind of arrangement is going on there, but Hugh Hefner would be the sort of guy who could manage to keep several wives. Sure. And uh you know, those girls, I don't know what their sexual arrangements are with Mr. Hefner. Uh the poor 85-year-old man or whatever he is, is would likely not be able to handle too much. But um you know, they they seem to they seem to get along, you know, the one's got her puppies, the other, I don't know, she's just a bimbo. Anyway, the um but you know, you'd, you'd see arrangements like that, but not just not that many, and it would further separate the ultra rich from the poor. You'd also probably have, you know, I've seen uh, other uh, polyamorous relationships out there, but it, 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 they don't tend to last very long. Hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's rare that you find three people, four people, five people that that uh, can manage to live together because. You find people you know, change. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you find people jockeying for uh, political s- scenarios. Um, you know, it's like, well, I'm the favorite wife, or I'm the favorite boyfriend. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, that doesn't doesn't sound like any fun to me. But hey, if that's how you want to live your life, that's fine. But as Rick Fisk is pointing out here, it's all fine until you start forcing us to pay for your lifestyle. Absolutely true. Um, and, and this in this scenario, you're talking about, uh, yeah, the husbands. If the husbands can't afford to keep these women, then well, by all means, they shouldn't. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. More here on the way about the FLDS compound, their uh, cult members, and how they're apparently a lot of them are on welfare. It appears that that is pretty much sustaining their lifestyle, which. Makes me not really want to even follow the case anymore. I guess we will to, to some extent, but hard for me to really care at this point. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, They include, by the way, archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. So enjoy those for free on us at freetalklive.com. By the way, I want to welcome our new listeners in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, Tupelo listeners are on board now for weeknights. Now you, you probably heard, our, you might have heard our show before on Saturday nights. Uh, WKMQ 1060 was picking up our Saturday night show just for an hour. So you probably, you know, you might have come across it. But now you're definitely more likely to encounter the program if you're in Tupelo because we are on six nights a week. Uh, we're on Monday through Friday, delay broadcast. So when you're listening, the show's already over. If you're in Tupelo, uh, from nine to midnight. So if you like what we're doing here on Free Talk Live, you want to get interactive with us on the air, call during our live hours from 7 to 10 o'clock at night Eastern, so Central Time, that's uh, 6 to 9 o'clock, and we'd love to talk to you about anything. You don't have to be listening live to call the show. You literally can call about anything on Free Talk Live. Also in Tupelo, we are on FM as well as, uh, so AM 1060, WKMQ, and then they've got an FM translator is what they call it in the business. It's a little 250-watt transmitter, but it gets the job done. Yeah. Uh, and so we're on 101.1 in Tupelo as well. So welcome aboard to all of our Tupelo listeners. When it comes to FM, all that really matters is that uh, when you hit the seek button, that it shows up. Yep. 
Exactly. So, and 250 watts is going to do that job. So, uh, so again, welcome to them. I want to get back to this welfare issue, but uh, we've got Toby on the line with a quick update for us on something that I guess went on today here in New Hampshire, up in the Concord area. For those of you new to the program, we are Free State Project members. Mark and myself, Toby and Nick uh, from Free Minds TV are natives of New Hampshire, but uh, certainly friends of the show and occasional co-hosts. So, Toby, what, uh, what happened today? Well, there wasn't any kind of a vote today, but as a lot of listeners may be aware, uh, this uh, decrim bill, it's a decrim amounts of marijuana, did pass the House in New Hampshire, which is, was actually a surprise when it passed, but it passed overwhelmingly, over 50 votes, I think, it passed by. Now it's moved on to the Senate, where, again, we're told we don't have much hope. But if you look at the numbers of people who were turning out in favor of this bill, I think that we do have quite a bit of hope, because there were a lot of people turning out. I know that a similar bill like this had come up a few years ago, and it had no public support. But now with this influx of Free State Project members, getting more people like myself and Nick, uh, local people here in New Hampshire energized about this. There was a huge turnout, well over 30 people, standing room only in the subcommittee room where they're hearing this testimony. So wow, good. some good news that public support is out there. Well, you know, it, to, to me, this is <clears throat> this is the most uh, watered-down little nothing bill, and yeah. I, I cannot see how weak. Um, anybody, any, any senator would say uh, the, the provisions are uh, if you have less than a quarter, it's less than a quarter ounce. Um, they they take it from being a misdemeanor possession to a violation where they can give a two hundred dollar ticket. Um, I, anybody who wants to throw somebody in jail for a quarter ounce of marijuana is a dangerous thug, a sick sick person. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you're not talking about a big time drug dealer here. They don't need prison time. They don't need a record. Uh, you know, it's just, but the resistance is still—it's it's tremendous, and yeah. it, and and you'll see, it's not good sense, it's not common sense, it's not wanting to do what's right, it's just the status quo. Mm-hmm. I don't care about marijuana smokers. I don't want to be seen as helping marijuana smokers. Politics is about rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. I don't want to reward the marijuana smokers. Yeah, they're, they're my enemies. Bad. They're, they're bad, bad people. people. Sick. Toby, anything else well, you wanted but, to share? Well, <laughs> I just I just did want to say let. let know that the Free State Project is working and it's getting people out there, and I mean, you, you, we've got them scared now. There were more people who testified against this time than there were in the House committee, but it was the House members who felt like something bad happened, and they had to go uh, testify against it now, right. so the subcommittee members it, it, from it, the House came and testified, but it, it may count, uh, other than it, that, great showing by the public. It may count for something to the uh, the senators that the representatives would come and testify, but it really doesn't. These people, um, you know, they're there anyway. They're already showing up. They're, they're political junkies anyhow. They managed to get elected. They had their vote and they lost. So be thanks well, for the, the update. Free State Project works. So if you're if you're not on board yet, I'd, I'd suggest people look into it because slowly but surely, I think that we're winning the hearts and minds of people in New Hampshire and hopefully make it in a more uh, a more free place. Good deal. Thank you for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate the update. Winning the hearts and minds of the people might be a little easier than the politicians. I don't know. I, I I didn't go out today to Concord just because I I'm tired of begging these people. I'm tired of it. I'm uh, I I think that we'll have far more success with civil disobedience. I was talking about this. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday on the show or in my head. I don't know at this point. But there was this cop we were talking to at Freedom Fest over the weekend, and he was just so. Oh no, it was on Gardner's show today. I was on Gardner's show. Anyway, he was just so vehemently against the idea of even even re-legalizing just marijuana, let alone the other drugs, because he believed that uh, society would crumble 
because all of these people have been just waiting for the moment that they can uh, get out there and become a, a marijuana abuser. He used the term abuse with marijuana, which I suppose there are some people that abuse marijuana, but... None of the people I know that smoke marijuana are abusers of marijuana. I don't anyway. know. Yeah, I, I don't know what a mar- marijuana abuser looks like. Uh, per, that per, the person who uh, whose life it was that it was affecting would have to make that decision. If you're waking and baking and then hanging around all day at your mom's house playing <laughs> guitar or something. You know, and and then your friend gets off work and he comes and you bake some more, whatever. Yeah. Okay, you're in a marijuana abuser. But the chances are good. You were a loser to, from the get-go. Yeah. I've met plenty of losers in my life that don't do drugs. Yeah. They're and out there. It's not like smoking the marijuana is going to make it so you actually abuse anyone else. It'll just be your life that sucks. Right. So I think the marijuana is a symptom of that kind of loser, not not the, the, the cause. Yeah. They've done some studies and they do say that uh, marijuana can um, have some short-term memory effects. I think that to some extent they're they're overstated. Um, I have short-term memory effects now. Yeah, I forgot things when I was a kid and didn't do any drugs back then. And, and, and everyone you, forgets. You know, things. people forget things. Yeah. I, I think to some extent they may be overstated, but and, I think you're right. And and to some extent marijuana does affect cognitive ability, but it also you know increases your sort of creativity and imagination. But I think that um, one of the keys to helping win over these. Drug warriors, uh, like this cop that believe that the world will end if marijuana is re-legalized, is to show him that marijuana smokers are more than just shiftless losers, more than just this uh, stereotypical Hollywood-esque uh, vision of what a marijuana smoker is, that marijuana consumers are people in the upper echelons of society as well as the lower uh, the lower ranks, that they range from the taxi driver to doctors and lawyers, uh, people in business, people who are very, very successful uh, smoke and consume marijuana. The tricky part is going to be getting those people to come out of the closet. That'll be a trick. But once you can get regular folk to come out and show themselves, I think that could be very persuasive to show people, huh, Let's see, this guy makes uh, $100,000 a year, and he smokes marijuana. This person's a nurse. She smokes marijuana. I think it would go a long way to shattering these preconceived notions in many people's mind about what a marijuana smoker is. So hopefully we'll get to that at some point here in New Hampshire, whether it be the free staters that, uh, that start it or some New Hampshire locals, because I am excited about being a part of that whenever it happens. 800-259-9231. Uh, more coming up here. Still, we've got to talk about the welfare thing and your calls about anything. That's what the show's all about. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. Talk Live, bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features we give away, so enjoy them. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away for free. And you know what? We must be doing something right with this show, Mark. I got some interesting numbers today. Mm-hmm. I got to see them. Uh, we mentioned our new affiliate, WKMQ, in Tupelo. They are owned by Urban Broadcasting. Right. Uh, and they... Or maybe it's Urban Radio Group. Anyway, they uh, they also own our affiliate, WVNA, in Florence, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in 2006, we were the number one news talk show 
at uh, during our time slot in uh, in Florence. In fall of 2007, one year later, we had become the number one show, period, in our time slot. And we lead the second place station, whatever, uh, it's a country station, we lead them by almost triple their uh, their score. We so can't give you the numbers. We're kicking the butt of the country station, tripling tripling the uh, the next closest competitor. The and they're in the station. double digits. Right. Um, so we've got an, a huge share uh, in, in that market, and... It's really, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's really uh, gratifying. Yeah. So uh, so big thanks to all of our listeners out there for uh, for putting down free talk live when they get those Arbitron diaries. It, it makes a big difference for us. And I, I was I didn't think we could go any higher than what we'd gotten before. We'd we'd gotten a, a pretty right. nice. I think share we before. said the only place is down. <laughs> well, it, we were wrong, which I guess that's nice. Uh, so, yeah, 800-259-9231. Oh, and the reason I brought that up was because we trounced every other talk station. I mean, not only were we number one, but the other guys weren't even close. I mean, like, right. they got zeros. Who, uh, who's on? Laura, Laura Ingram. Uh, who else? There's like four guys. Neil Bortz. Neil Bortz. We beat, whooped his butt. Mike, Mike Reagan. Uh, Michael Reagan, the son of the, the former president. And then some other cat. Oh, Mark Levin. So all these big-name talk show hosts with hundreds and hundreds of uh, stations between them. Uh, little old Free Talk Live cleaned house. Uh, so get on board here and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231 and enjoy the features on the website because they are free. If you uh, if you have a you know if if you're working for one of the stations that we're on that isn't getting you know you're either in an unrated market or you're not getting the book um, for whatever reason because the book is expensive. Yeah. Um, just let it be known that Free Talk Live brings in the listeners. How much do you spend on coffee? JustPlainJoe.com offers over 60 different flavors, roasted for, uh, roasted to order from gourmet Arabica coffee beans and whole bean or ground at just $7.99 a 12-ounce package. And it's roasted fresh to order, JustPlainJoe.com. Most orders are delivered within three business days via UPS. If you buy five packages, you'll save on shipping. That's JustPlainJoe.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, still got to finish up this welfare conversation, but Aaron's been waiting patiently in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Aaron. Hey, yeah, um, you know, for three and a half years, I've been listening to you guys on the podcast. I've heard every single show that you wow. guys have done in the last three and a half years from beginning to end. That's pretty and Can I just say, can I just say that being on hold on the phone, because it's my first time calling, you actually listen to your commercial breaks when you're on the phone. Yeah. And it's the first time I've ever heard you guys with commercials. It's like the first time it's ever been, like, validated to me that you guys are, in fact, a talk radio show, not just a <laughs> podcast. But because of that, now I know where I can find banned television and all the uh, conspiracy videos that I want. There you so, go. Hey, you know, kudos to you guys. They got it. Um, this is mostly for, uh, I'm directing this towards Paula. Okay. And, uh, Paula, One of our callers. I, I, I really hope you're listening to me right now, Paula. As a born and raised Orthodox Jew, as someone who can actually trace their lineage to being within the house of David, I can tell you that, to the best of my knowledge, there are no presidents that either you know acknowledge that they were house of David, knew that they were house of David, or that the house of David had anything to do with their politics or them being president. In fact, when you are the house of David, all that really means is that during a, a synagogue service, when they're going to read from the Torah, your name is called first to come up and read the Torah before anybody else. Hmm. That's all that means. And secondly, as far as, Paula, your, your assertion that there are more than Ten Commandments, somewhere in the range of around 600, 
I can tell you this definitively, that there are only ten commandments. I don't know if she but used there, the term commandment, Aaron. I think she said oh, it was God's no. laws. There were like six hundred no, no, God's no, no. laws. No, I, I no, listened, I listened to three episodes, uh, podcast episodes today. This is why I'm calling in. She, okay. she, she specifically said ten commandments. Hmm. That there are only ten, but there are six hundred plus mitzvot. Mitzvot are the good deeds that you are supposed to perform throughout the day. You're supposed to hit on all 600-plus mitzvot. It's not necessarily God's law that you don't do those. It's just that's supposed to be a guideline for you. It's essentially a mitzvot is a good deed. You're supposed to perform 600 good deeds throughout the day. day. Yeah, but, I mean, a good deed could be anything from opening a door for somebody. You know, to actually yeah. donating to charity or anything. I mean, it's just do ten things that don't cause harm, that are, you know, an act of kindness almost. And those are, you said those are just suggestions. They're not orders or mandates or diktats. Exactly. And the whole, you know, the, the commandments, the mitzvot, God's law, all of this, especially in our Judeo-Christian, you know, world that we're looking at, not world, but essentially the society that we have now, which is the, it's, it's mostly based upon a Judeo-Christian dogma. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I, just I don't know well, I got some questions then. Okay. So when you say yeah. Orthodox Jew, do you have the, uh, the the little curly lock things that go down in front of your ears? Those are the Hasidim. Those aren't necessarily Orthodox. Okay. Orthodox, okay, within Judaism, you've got the Reformed Jews. Those right. are like your, uh, Every, your... Everyday Jew. No, well, yeah, it's kind of... it's. It's what your Hollywood Jew is, your Reformed Jew. Mm-hmm. You've got your conservative Jews, which are your once-a-week and high Holy Day Jews, and then you've got your Orthodox Jews, which grew up going to, um, you know, they grew up going to Sunday school, following the Talmud, doing all that fun stuff. Now, I'm no longer Orthodox. You know, this is just how I was born and raised. Okay. I, I, I kind of hang more towards conservative now. Yeah, well, I mean, um, it's, but, conservative but is like still, having the same rules, but you just don't dress any differently. Right, but I'm also agnostic at the same time, so you yeah, figure that one <laughs> it's out. It's the only religion um, that you can pull that off with. Um. And, well, exactly, because the whole basis of the religion itself is, you know, and the rabbi. The rabbi's job is not to be a religious leader. The rabbi's job is to make you question your belief in God. The more that the rabbi can have you question your belief in God, if you come to the conclusion that there is a God, then the rabbi's done their job. If you come to the conclusion that there is, fact, is in fact, no God at all, the rabbi's done his job. That's all the rabbi is. So I got some and questions about uh, uh, orthodox uh, orthodoxy. Um, you're not allowed to use fire from uh, the sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, and, fry, and fire somehow has been uh, turned into electricity, as though fire and electricity are the same thing. Well, uh, no, well, no the, the, that's kind of a misconception. It's not actually fire, it's energy. Okay. Um, you, you you understand when your body works that you're using kinetic energy and that uh, you're expending calories, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, great. Um, the so if if I'm having a heart attack, can I get the zapper thingies on uh, Saturday morning? <laughs> absolutely, you can. So, but God will forgive me for that, but He won't forgive me for listening to my MP3 player. Well, there's a there's a difference between listening to your MP3 player and having your life saved. The MP3 typically isn't going to save your life. There you go. Now, um, secondly, not mixing uh, milk and, and, and meat and that kind of thing. It's supposed to be... The, s- the kosher of, laws? Yes. It's supposed to be out of respect for the animal. Um, it's supposed to be what, I'm saying? Out of respect for the animal. Is that the idea? No. Okay. No. Why the hell don't kosher- you mix... Can't you have a glass of milk with your cheeseburger, then? 
Okay, it, it, it comes down to cleanliness. A lot, a lot of Judaism is based upon, you know, traditions that are thousands of Outdated. years old when we were still living in the <laughs> desert with dust storms. Like circumcision, uh-huh. which is a big thing. Yeah. You know, circumcision, there was at one point a cleanliness issue of that. Sure. People living, you know, people, nomadic people living in the sand get sand caught under there. Yeah. yeah. Best way to stave off infection is when you're a child, lop it off. You don't have that problem walking through the desert all the right. time anymore. You know, it's the same thing with, you know, with the kosher laws. Um, That's why it makes you know, sense make, to move on into the real world. And It's uh, a less hokey religion than a lot yeah. of them, but there's some hokiness in it. Hey, thanks for the well, call then, tonight, Aaron, and thanks for putting up thank with Mark's you, questions. We appreciate it, man. More coming up. You can take control and bring up what you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, and so, yeah, enjoy all those features. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. Order all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like Free Talk Live t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. Get all the details at store.freetalklive.com and load up your shopping cart. That's store.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th and at Porkfest you'll be able to learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. So we continue the discussion that we actually began at the beginning of the hour. We broke down uh, quickly to take an updated phone call from Toby and then continued with the call. So a bit of an interruption here, but uh, essentially what's going on is Rick Fisk over at LouRockwell.com is outing the FLDS Church, the fundamentalist Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints cult, uh, the the folks that have been uh, have had their children stolen from them, which I still find tragic and I still find awful, and I don't think that should have happened. You know, I don't want to use cult for these people in their religion. Um, I don't want to use cult for anything. Anybody's religion? Yeah, I just don't. It, it you know, in talking to the uh, the the gentleman who just called, I can't remember his name. What was Aaron? It? Aaron, that's right. Um, about his religion, he's got a he's got a very well established religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Judaism's been around a long, long time. Uh, perhaps, perhaps they say that it came out of Zoroastrianism, sort of this uh, de- desert fire worship. But uh, you know, new religions, old religions, hokey bullcrap that people believe. What difference does it make? So should we pick one? Should we either pick religion or cult and use it consistently? Yeah, I think so. The and Christian cult or the Christian religion? Here's the definition religion. I'd like to use of a cult. A cult is a religion that includes the killing of things. Hmm, killing of uh, ver- vertebrates. That's not the dictionary definition. No, but, but I think that it, it's more operative. Um, because whatever your cult is, if you're out there worshiping a head of cabbage, what difference does it make compared to, you know, men in the sky that you've made up stories about or somebody's made up stories about and you decide mm. to believe them? Well, anyway, uh, Rick Fisk at LouRockwell.com points out that apparently the reason why the FLDS church has been able to continue in their lifestyle is because they have all of their unwed mothers, which is all of them, because they don't actually go through state marriages. So technically, by the state's eyes... 
they're all unwed. Okay. So they have them all apply for welfare, which means that not only are they – they're not just living their lifestyle in peace, says uh, Fisk, but they want to have the people of the state of Texas pay so they can afford to maintain so many wives and children. So my fellow Texans and I get to pay into the system, says Fisk, so that Warren Jeffs and his followers can afford to live the kind of life they have designed. In real life, only a very rich man could afford 70 or 80 children and multiple wives. The FLDS isn't really an independent body at all. It cannot survive without the support of the citizens of Texas' generous donations. For this reason, the FLDS should be denied any state help. In fact, now this is an interesting idea. Rather than a bunch of thugs raiding them, the easiest solution to the problem the various states have had with the FLDS would do, would, be, uh, would have been eliminated simply by disallowing the welfare payments. The polygamy would either stop immediately right. because anytime you, anytime you get involved in this kind of thing, you, you start messing with economics, you're going to create problems. And that's what you've done with the de- forced dist- redistribution of wealth that comes with welfare taking away from money from people who earned it and giving it to people who didn't. You've enabled lifestyle choices that most people would not normally be able to afford. And it's, it's, it, goes, it, it goes quite a, um, a range, Mark. I mean, you've got people on one side who are polygamous with multiple wives and ch- uh, children taking welfare payments, all the way on to the other side where you've got some crackhead that's taking welfare payments to just continue loading up his crack pipe. Uh, but either way, their su- uh, welfare payments are supporting lifestyle choices that none of us would necessarily normally support. Now, okay, I understand. There could be some people out there taking welfare that actually need help. Absolutely. I don't want to say that they're not. But m- really, the question, uh, I've heard numbers that the uh, that, that the, the fraud that goes into it is... Tremendous. It's tr- 75%. I've heard numbers as high as 75%. Really? And the question you really have to ask yourself when it comes to this is, you know, what constitutes constitutes fraud in these welfare systems. You know, if, if a guy, when a woman takes on, uh, you know, welfare payments, but has a guy live with her that isn't, um, you know, that isn't her husband and isn't, you know, maybe he works, maybe he doesn't. She, okay, let's say he works. She she takes on this uh, these welfare payments, but the guy lives with her and, and helps with the bills. Is she committing fraud? I feel like she is. She's certainly not telling the welfare people that. Oh yeah, I got a guy that's uh, shacking up with me. So as Fisk points out, uh, if they just stop the welfare payments as opposed to the raid, the polygamy would either stop immediately because it's not financially feasible or the FLDS would quickly change its tactics. For instance, in order to ensure that there are enough young women available, younger men born into the groups are routinely expelled. The reason for this is obvious. There aren't enough women available to provide multiple wives for all of the men. And the other alternative for those men who couldn't marry is that they be kept in the group as workers to maintain the lifestyle of the few who get all of the wives. And who wants that gig? The young men would leave anyway as there wouldn't be any benefit in the relationship to themselves. The older men, unable to support their wives, would have to create some income and fast. You have to admit their solution to the age-old problem of supporting multiple wives is novel, if not anti-Christian in nature. The entire uh, situation is a loser for all of us in Texas and the other states where the FLDS operates. Not only are we supporting a lifestyle with which some of us may fundamentally disagree... I can't imagine who doesn't. The press's reluctance to deal with the legal sham that has occurred is weakening our constitutional system. The general public is being led to believe that forced medical treatment and invasive DNA testing itself, a violation of the Fifth Amendment right to avoid self-incrimination, is legitimate to protect children, even if the original premise for the raid is completely illegitimate. And, and he's absolutely right. I mean, even though they have nothing as far as evidence is concerned, the phone call that was made probably was a hoax. They certainly have not identified the caller yet that triggered this raid. 
That hasn't stopped them. That hasn't made it so they've just decided, okay, well, we're going to just return these kids until we can figure out what went wrong and see if we can correct the situation. No, they're going full speed ahead with separating these children from their families. And it's awful. And, And the taxpayers are paying every cent of the way. He says when you step back and examine what's going on in this case, you can see we're being conditioned into believing that the rights enumerated in our constitutions are not as involute as as stated, but totally, uh, totally irrelevant if the state merely acts as if it has authority. The FLDS case is not just an isolated instance. If the state of Texas can prevail in this terrible attack on liberty against a group that hasn't much sympathy in the press or public at large, then any weird group or family can be targeted with impunity. Yeah, and and, and that's the part that scares me the most about this is, yeah, I, I understand that people that dislike this group, I understand where they're coming from, but... When you allow the government to overstep its bounds on a group that you don't like, you don't support, that you don't care about, they can do it to you. You could be part of that group. My question is, you know, I'm I'm sure somewhere on the, the list of names out there that I'm considered one of these, uh, you know, militia types or or a libertarian, danger, dangerous radicals. I'm on some list out there somewhere. I, at least I hope so, as long as I've been doing this show. But... You know, I don't want them coming and saying, well, you can't have Jack anymore. You're a dangerous thought criminal. Jack, your son. Yeah. yeah. I don't want them taking my kid away, and that's it would be wrong if they did. So I'm going to defend these people where they need defending, and I'm going to point out whether they're, where they're uh, you know, doing wrong. Well, guess what? turns out that it's not just the Texas people that will be paying taxes for this. Unfortunately, the state will also bilk the federal taxpayers, since the federal government pays the state child protective service agencies for every child taken from parents, for whatever reason. Additions to the original Mondale Act of 1974, which acted as the blueprint for all state CPS agencies, have essentially put a bounty on all the heads of all of our children and made doctors, teachers, and other health professionals immune from prosecution, even if the allegations they make which lead to the taking of children are totally erroneous. And finally, taxpayers in Texas get to foot the bill for the hundreds of lawyers who will descend on the courtroom at their expense to advocate for the children. Isn't that great? As it's called in CPS administrative court parlance. I don't know if anyone's bothered to tally up with what this may cost the taxpayers, but it could easily reach the eight figures by the time everything is said and done. And not one of those state-paid lawyers will be arguing that the state's action is constitutionally unjust. Quite the contrary. They'll be counseling their clients to cooperate and make it easy on everyone. The once-revered freedom to raise your children to your own standards rather than someone else's is going extinct right before our eyes. This situation is a travesty on so many levels, it would take a book to cover them in great detail. The First, Fourth, and Fifth Amendments to the Federal Constitution are being blatantly ignored, as well as the Constitution of the once-great state of Texas. If this action is allowed to stand without opposition, where on earth will we go to enjoy freedom as it was envisioned by the authors of our constitutions? The United States was once a beacon to to people all around the world because of its dedication to the principles of freedom. If we cannot avert our country's current heading, it will be no country for free men. 800-259-9231. That's why we've taken action and moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Of course, we'll tell you more about that uh, as time goes on because now is the time to make a stand for liberty. Because if you wait, it's just going to get worse. More coming up, hour three, or two rather, is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right into your phone calls. That's the point of the show. Take your calls about anything you want to discuss. Let's talk to Kurt in Michigan on the amp line. Hello, Kurt. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, um, earlier in an earlier show, I'm a podcast listener. Uh, so in an earlier show, you had read an email which asked if one could be sell himself into slavery, slavery, and you agreed that they could. And, and I want to call it to disagree with that. It's it's a funny position for a, a libertarian, a person who believes in liberty, to uh, to take. But... I don't know if slavery is the right term as much as indentured servitude, I think, is a little bit more accurate. Because slavery well, sort of suggests should... that you didn't have a choice in the matter, while indentured servitude does. Well, you could... You, you, so, yeah, you cannot contract to have no choice in the future. Because choice is something that is inseparable from you. Your, your life, your liberty, and your happiness... You know, you, you cannot give your thoughts over to somebody. You can always, you can only acquiesce to them. As your so boss, a contract as, into slavery would be invalid. Well, as your boss, I really don't care what you think, just so long as you work. Right, but you, you always have the option to walk away, and with slavery, you can't. You're I, giving away your your you're giving away title to yourself. Don't I have? And you cannot give away ownership of your thoughts. Well, so, you don't but, have ownership. A contract if you, for slavery would be invalid. Right, I don't have ownership if I can't sell it. Right. So so you could not sell yourself into slavery. But I disagree. If if I own myself, who can sell me into slavery? Nobody. Then nobody owns me. You can't, well, I mean, people can force you to work, but you, nobody can take title of your thoughts. And a contract for slavery, voluntary slavery, would be invalid. I understand what you're saying. No uh, one's saying you. And, and, that's, and that's the libertarian argument against. I think that it doesn't hold water. Look, if I want to contract to uh, work in the same way that somebody contracts to work for four to six years in the military, um, I don't. The military really doesn't give a damn what you think about the military. Although they may court-martial you if, if you're too insolent, um, they just want you to do your job. And I don't see why in a uh, libertarian world um, that you know the government has the monopoly on this this sort of privilege that they can offer this job, but nobody else in the world can offer that job. Don't you think that uh, well, I should be able to contract with a business I, in that manner? I don't. I don't consider that slavery. Uh, oh, oh, well, I, con- I mean, you're signing over some of your rights. What's but, the difference? You know, a, a slaveholder would be able to just walk up and beat you any time they wanted. That cannot happen in the army. In the armed services. I don't so, I mean, think not... that too many people would sell that particular right. Do you? Well, I'm just saying, you. but if you're selling yourself as a slave, uh-huh. the property of somebody else, yeah. titled. I mean, my car is titled to me. Well, technically it's not. But, I mean, I can go out and beat it all I want as long as I'm, around, as long as I'm willing to pay for it, right? To yeah. pay for my car. And, it's yours. You know, I, I can't do everything, you know. So you... I just I feel you cannot sell yourself into slavery. It's it, it just it's impossible. Okay, well don't cannot, don't do that. The, the, pra- the, the practical anyway. application is, in fact, you can. I mean, right now, somewhere in the world, someone will give you a certain amount of money for the right, um, or you know, for, for purchasing the right to be able to work you as hard as they want, beat you, um, uh, do whatever it is that they want. Right? What's that? Who cares if it's legally recognized? Who cares if it's legally recognized? Well, but, but wait a second. If I signed a piece of paper, why am I a criminal? 
If you consented to it, then it's uh, t- completely agreeable. I but mean, you, I, I don't think very many people would consent to a deal. Don't you think you, that the that you cannot give away ownership of yourself? Because if you did, don't you, you think that the place, freedom to make bad decisions? Don't you think the freedom? Okay, let me let me make the statement. Hold on, just a second. I'll let you go on yours. And uh, don't you think that freedom is the freedom to make bad decisions? Yes. But okay. I, think there are I would call it a very bad decision. I, but I think it can't be only because you cannot give ownership. That's what a slave is. It is your property. You, he would be able to sell you to another person. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's a slave. Yeah, I, I, I totally it doesn't I, seem I get what you're saying. For that. Yes, I believe yeah. that in a libertarian world, a person has the right to sell themselves into slavery. I, I don't think that don't very think many would people be, I would. would. I don't think that uh, that would be too popular. I think pro- probably indentured servitude would be far more popular, where you aren't selling yourself, but you are selling guaranteed labor for a certain period of time for a, a certain deal. I think that would be far more popular. How do you feel about that one? But but there, well, I mean, but there should be no contract that you can't walk away from. Not necessarily without penalty, but you should be able to walk away from a contract. The point want, of a know, contract is that you can't walk away. Can't your life. Yeah, I, I think the point, point that next right that the point of a contract is you can't walk away. Not oh, you can with 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 obviously penalty. You would if you were willing to pay your way out of the contract. Obviously. What if the remedy but, for you trying to break the contract is you're beaten and returned? Yeah. What if That's, your life I mean, is taken from you? I mean, I, I, you I, can I, sign I a contract you can't like that. Away your life. Well, I, I, I think that I mean because it, you can't transfer ownership. How do you transfer ownership? I own me. Now you Ian s- owns me for well, a certain fee. Obviously, you I, still I, you know, okay. Obviously, you would still own yourself in that you would inevitably be the final decision maker on everything that you right, do. You can decide to do, right. But you can you can never give it ownership. You can't have that person think for you. Okay, no one has ever work. suggested that they would think for you. But if you but sign away your is. if you sign away your freedom to then to them, you can think whatever the hell you want as long as you obey whatever it is they want you to do. If they right. bought you as a slave and you voluntarily sold yourself as a slave, that's the deal you're in. Right. It's a nuanced. Okay, well, it's, it's a nuanced can I, difference. Can I, as my first active owner, pull out a Get the gun and put it to your head and pull the trigger. Why don't you put I in the contract you. that that's not acceptable? But then it's no violence. What I'm saying, but I own you. You're mine, and I can I can destroy you if I want. Well, look, I'm not signing that contract. I, so you're right. The person voluntarily enters into that contract. Right. So therefore, yes, I think that you can. If it comes down to it, if if the worst case scenario came up and where you know it was it was uh, my family or me, and I just had to have the money or I had to have whatever it is that you're you're offering. I think it would be an extraordinarily rare circumstance, but if I had to have it and my child and my wife would die otherwise, yes, I think I should be able to contract to to, to go under the, 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 the crazy uh, menstruations of somebody like you who, who has the ability to shoot me. Yes, well, I, I do. <laughs> I would never do that. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm, oh, I'm I know you're not. It, obviously. I know, I know you're but, not. Anyway. And this is the well, ex- gonna, this is I mean the ludicrous extreme I mean nobody's going to sign is. this contract that you're that you're proposing to where if you sign your name on the dotted line the next thing I you know you've got a gun ultimate, to your temple. If I don't have the ultimate say of destruction or not, they don't. I don't own it. Understood. Right? If I own my house and I burn it down, as long as I don't try to make a claim on my insurance and defraud them, there should be no crime there, right? Look, uh, well, I mean, you can that's still. That's my property. You can now, still. This no, that's my property and my slave. I should have the same right. No, you're arguing. Otherwise, it's not my property. You're arguing that if you own something, you have absolute rights in it. If in the contract where you buy it, there are stipulations saying that you can't do certain things. There are houses that have deed restrictions, and people voluntarily buy it. 
knowing that they can't do certain things to their own house. So, one would yes, put similar you, restrictions on you, one's own self. So, yes, you can buy something and still set aside saying, I can't do this and this and, and this when you buy it. It would be a contract worker. Whatever you want to call well, it, man. Then we're talking okay. about semantics. Anyway, Thanks for the call. Hey, thank you. I, um, Anything else? Yeah, also, um, you also talked about a guy who... Who, uh, who in a libertarian society, who's rich enough to maybe just walk around and pick people off and buy his way out of it? Yeah, that's right? not very likely either, because he would lose okay, his reputation. Is, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to agree with you on this one, because even if he decided to do it with homeless people, right? Mm-hmm. Since that life was that belonged to that homeless person, then if once it's taken from him, somebody can come and and homestead that as an unused property and then take action. They can take what is an unused property. I missed that. They can take they can take what was that once that person's property that would that was de- deprived of them. In this case, that person's life, homestead that and take action against that person. Even if the guy did want to do that as as you know as, to homeless people. But even but also I can aggress against you to the extent that you've aggressed against me. So if you've taken a life and and now I am the heir to that person. I may not just let you buy your way out of it. I may want your life in exchange. Yeah, that's a possibility. That that, there could there could certainly be uh, some sort of group that uh, went around to defend those who uh, would not necessarily have a family to come to their defense or loved ones. And uh, right. that's a good point. Thank you for the call, Kurt. 800-259-9231. Whether you want to call it indentured servitude or slavery or a contract worker. You can do it with the government today in the form of the military. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. Coming up, a college student has some questions about education. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. You can change pretty much anything on there. It's like a listener-editable version of our website Again, that's wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet really the answer to losing those extra pounds? Are working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to gift the fad diet roller coaster forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. 800-259-9231. All right, uh, so to the email box we go. From Timur, or Timur, T-I-M-U-R. Anyway, Ian, my name's Timur, and I'm attending Arizona State University. I'm writing a paper for my... A friend of mine graduated from there. How about that? I'm writing a paper for my English class... (laughs) Your incredible brain jackass. (laughs) ...about how the problems we're having with the public school system could be fixed by privatizing it. I was wondering if you had any input or suggestions on possible objections people might have to the idea and how I would be able to explain to them why it would work or how it would work, especially people who think that lower-income families wouldn't be able to afford it. 
Um, this is uh, th- that's the the single biggest uh, argument against uh, privatizing schools is what about the poor people? Now, um, what you have in effect is welfare for middle and upper class people. Most people, the vast majority of people, are not poor that send their kids to public schools. Is all um, you know? Is all you have to do is go to the parking lot and take a look. You take a look at the the parents' cars that are dropping the kids off, or the or the cars themselves the kids are driving. You'll see all these new shiny cars that are far better than the heap that I drive. And I've got to pay to send these people to school. I mean, should I have to pay to to give their dog food, too? I mean, look, you had the kid. I'm sure he's great and everything. And yes, society will benefit when he gets older. But why in the world should I be responsible for paying to educate the child? That doesn't make any sense. It's wrong. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about poor people. First, first you distinguish. Okay, well, the vast majority of people that send their kids to school are not poor, so what you're talking about is a welfare issue. It's not a public school issue. And, and you can, that way you destroy the public school argument in the beginning. You, you immediately eviscerate it. The fact is, these middle class and upper middle class people that are sending their kids to uh, public school right now are stealing from all of us. They're a bunch of stinking thieves. So um, then, you know, that, that's it, it, it's extreme. Proxy. Yeah, you don't want to take this attitude. It's uh, extreme, you don't want to sound but, like Mark when you do this. But, uh, you know, that's, that's how it is. That, that, you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to identify theft when Stealing it is Stealing is wrong, right? Yeah. And that's Stealing kind is of, wrong. Right. That's kind of maybe a baseline you might, might want to take here. Taking, taking, uh, taking money that you don't need to, edu- to educate your kids is wrong, too. Well, one thing's for sure about the government school system is they spend way more than is necessary. In fact, uh, just as an aside, to help answer um, one of his questions here, uh, according to the Washington Post... We're often told that public schools are underfunded, but in the District of Columbia, the spending figure cited most commonly is $8,322 per child. But total spending is actually close to $25,000 per child. Holy crap. Which is on par with tuition at Sidwell Friends, the private school Chelsea Clinton attended in the 1990s. Mm. What accounts for the nearly threefold difference in these numbers? The commonly cited figure counts only part of the local operating budget. To calculate total spending, we have to add up all sources of funding for education from kindergarten through 12th grade, excluding spending on charter schools and higher education. For the current school year, the local operating budget is $831 million, including relevant expenses such as teacher retirement fund. The capital budget's $218 million. The district receives about $85.5 million in federal funding, and the D.C. Council contributes an extra $81 million. Divide all that by the 49,422 students enrolled, and you end up with about $24,600 per child. For comparison's sake, total per-pupil spending at D.C. area private schools among the most the most upscale in the nation averages about $10,000 less. So fifteen grand for the upper echelon of private schools in, D- in the D.C. area compared to twenty-five grand for the government schools. Who's getting the better education? It, it, and it, well, the, yeah, the, the, the private school is because it's more efficient. It, and, and, you know, it's, it's true everywhere. Is all you get out of public school is, you know, the middle-of-the-road education, and your kid is, uh, you know, taught how to lock step um, a follow rules what is most of uh, education even in private schools it's a lot of sit down shut up mm-hmm. raise your hand don't get up unless you've asked you know it's all a bunch of rules that kids uh, you know they want them to follow and i just i don't know that's that's not for my kid i can tell you that much so uh nick you want to chime in here add anything to the discussion 
public schools do overspend. I think in the short run, we're not going to be changing the paradigm enough to really challenge public schooling, although that's where I'd like to see it taken. Mm-hmm. But what you can do in the meantime is it costs a lot less to educate your own child. So if you hopefully you live in a state where it's fairly easy and there's not a bunch of regulations on homeschooling. homeschooling. But if you want your kids out of the public schools, go with homeschooling. And if if you get to the point where there's, you know, 10, 20 percent of kids are being educated either, you know, somewhat privately or through through a homeschool system, you're going to see people changing their minds, minds maybe a little bit about public schooling because I think right now people people feel that it's just you have to do it that way or kids won't get an education. If you have more and more people leaving the public school systems, you're going to see maybe they'll start people start to change their mind. So clearly there's a, a tremendous difference between the efficiency of a government school and a private school. And then, of course, homeschooling is a whole other category. Homeschooling is so much more affordable than uh, than any outside schooling. I mean, mm. you can homeschool, I think, your kids for like a grand a year or something. Right. Like of that. course, you, ha- you do have to miss work. So that's, you know, you have to factor that in, too. It's not, it doesn't cost a lot of money, but you're not going to make a lot of money. You know, I, I, I think that, I think your kids receive uh, a, a far better education from people. Dollar that, per dollar? Sure, yeah, yeah. The, from people that care about them. You know, they just, unfortunately, public school teachers, as much as they do care, aren't incentivized financially to care about your kids, and and nobody's ever going to care about them the way you do. I think, my personal opinion, the best scenario is that, uh, you know, one of the parents stays home. I know it's Dr. Laura-ish and all that other stuff, but... So the number one objection, though, is always going to be, what about the poor people? And it seems clear to me, if you look at the actual numbers, if you look at the difference between the government school costs and the private school costs, private schools are already cheaper in general than, than government schools, but they'd be even cheaper in a true free market education environment. Because right now, the government schools are sort of lobbing off the bottom end of the marketplace in that people who uh, don't make a whole lot of money every single year, uh, they are telling themselves, well, I don't want to send my kids to private school because I've already paid X amount of dollars into the government school Mm -hmm. system, so I should get my money's worth and send my kids there. Why should I pay X into the government school system and then pay on top of that to send my kids to private school? This is the rationale that I'm sure many, many parents go through. And so uh, if the government schools weren't there then the marketplace would fill that gap with more competition, more options, more choices uh, for these parents to choose to send their kids to. And since the government schools wouldn't be there, the taxes that go to pay for those schools would be back in the pockets of the parents. They may have literally, uh, in my case, if I weren't paying school taxes, I'd have an extra 2500 bucks a year, if not $3,000 a year, that I could put toward my kids' education. And that would go a long way. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features include trying to female listeners, dozens of ladies taking the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. 
Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections. SACL CAI does collections early on billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. SACL knows that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Uh, we're going to continue here with phone calls in a moment, but uh, addressing an email from a college student who is, I guess, writing up a paper about marketizing education. Though he used the term, he used the term public schools and privatize, and I think that's an. I think those two terms are no-nos as far as how I view the, these things in my perspective. Uh, I think government school is much more negative-sounding than public school because I'm not against educating the public. And you don't want to sound like you're against educating the public either. I'm all in favor of the public getting an education. It's just that I don't think the government should be providing it. I think marketplace uh, actors, businessmen, and charities, and people who care should be providing that education. And similarly, the term privatization is also uh, weakened. It is sort of aligned with the conservatives and a lot of failed experiments in sort of semi-privatizing education. For instance, the the term privatization can be applied for, uh, to charter schools where the government's still shifting the money around, but some private company is running the government school, and they call that a charter school, and they'll call that privatization. And then when that doesn't work, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It depends on the deal that's cut. When that doesn't work, then they can use that as an example to say, well, see, privatization doesn't work. Why would you want to turn it over to these people? It's clear privatization doesn't work, when in fact it wasn't true, what I like to call marketization, actually shifting from this uh, governmental structure to a true free market environment. And when people think of the word, you know, when they think of public school or government school, they're they're thinking of a system right now when they hear that people want that privatized. I don't even know if that's the word I would use, because they're thinking about the system we have today run by a a corporation or a company, and mm. I think that's the wrong idea. I don't think a lot of people grasp um, that there would be market competition. There'd probably be all kinds of schools. It's not just like you'd have your school system that would be run for profit. Yeah. Because I think to a lot of people, that's they worry about monopolies, things like that, when they hear it put that way. I would just mm. say, you know, allow schools to compete and have, and you know, privately run schools compete with each other. I think you can use uh, their arguments, the big government people's arguments against them, is what, you know, if we're teaching kids that the only way that you, you can run uh, education is by threatening to take people's houses away from them, what are we teaching the children? That theft is okay. That theft is okay, that uh, education is uh, worthless, because the private schools manage to do it, but somehow the rest of us have to threaten to take people's houses away in order to make it work. So... All of the reasons are on our side as far as going to the free marketplace as the provider of education. Schools will be cheaper because of competition. That's what competition does. Different marketplace uh, participants compete to try to get the, you know, the students so they can get money. But in order to compete, they have to lower prices and increase quality. That's what competition's all about. Plus... Uh, things, as I said, increase quality. Education would be better because of the competition, because there would be different options out there, meaning that a lot of the conflict that comes along with the government school system would vaporize. It would go away because you've got a situation today where different interest groups are constantly fighting, eternally fighting, to get their curriculum uh, passed to where it's forced on everyone in the government school system, whether it be the you know the 
uh, the, the people that want to teach sex education versus the people that don't want any sex education, or whether it be uh, the people that are in favor of the uh, evolution theory versus the people that are in favor of the Jesus theory. Uh, they're constantly fighting. And in a marketplace, there is none of that anymore. In a marketplace, the people that want to teach the evolution stuff, they'd go and have their school where that stuff is taught. And the people that want to teach the, the what is it, creationism, I guess, they'd have their Intelligent schools. Intelligent design. Yeah, they'd have their schools where that stuff is taught. And then parents would get to choose where to send their kids. So everything is in the favor. Uh, the, the Freedom Corner benefits every single interest group. Everybody that wants to educate their kids would get a better, cheaper, uh, more just... Overall, but it's yeah. significantly cheaper. Um, you know, when you're talking about uh, costs, I went to a private school, and I, I you know, looked at the uh, newspaper after I graduated that private school. Um, I didn't graduate from there. After I left that private school, I would look at the newspaper and the costs analysis, and just the numbers that the public schools gave is what they spent per student, and we just read an article where it where shows they that, they're, where, that they're lying, um, was double, nearly double what it was that the tuition was at that school. At that time. Not when I went, but at that time. So you get all the good things we were talking about here, plus one of the best parts is we then free people from theft. We free people from the the stealing of the money that goes to supply these government schools. And that's a nice thing, too. So there's all kinds of reasons to shift to the free marketplace, and freedom is what it's all about. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything and talk to Ben in Pittsburgh. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, actually, yesterday I had my first chance, or today I had my first chance to use that Amazon.freetalklive thing, order three books on it. So Cool. Excellent. Amazon.freetalklive.com. You start shopping there, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. Well done, sir. So what else is on your mind? Um, about that phone call about the college student writing the paper on public education. Yes. I was on Lou Rockwell's blog a few weeks ago, and he had an excerpt from uh, one of Murray Rothbard's books. It's on Amazon right now. It's called Education Free and Compulsory. It's only about six bucks, and it's 60 pages. So it's not really a book. It's more like a really long-term paper, but mm-hmm. it goes into about how the evils of public education and how it could be better uh, done in a free market type situation. Now, isn't Rothbard kind of like a scholarly writer? I've never really read his stuff. It's just sort of the impression I get. I read a lot of his stuff on the Blue Rockwell blog, and yeah, he's like one of the scholarly and cap writers. Yeah, I find it hard to recommend any of that stuff to anyone, because if I myself cannot find an interest in reading it, and I'm not interested in scholarly writings, I don't think most people uh, would similarly be interested. I think that uh, writers like Harry Brown or Mary Ruart are far better mass market uh, I like uh, Walter Block's book, uh, Defending the Undefendable. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. I've it's, heard that it's one's It's very good. good. It's not... It's it's somewhat scholarly, but they they manage to water it down. They you, you know they, they they talk about scholarly things, but then water it down. Do they talk about schools in there though? I don't well, know. I, no, I only read the um, excerpt from it on Lou Rockwell, but it, it seems fairly straightforward from reading it. Very good. So, well, thank you for the recommendation, Ben. Any other thoughts? Um, that's all. Thanks for the call, sir. Let's continue to talk to Mike in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hey, Mike. There? What's on your mind? I got a statement and a question. Okay. I live in a city where would they have 15,000 children in school. Okay. It Good costs 17,000 somewhere around $17,000 per child wow. to educate them. The teacher's salaries come to 100 million dollars. Mm-hmm. The school system costs 260 million dollars. That's 160 million dollars above the teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question to you is in the free market system how would the immigrants 
children be educated since they rely on the welfare system so much. Well, I don't know well, if the immigrants rely I don't think on the they welfare do, really. system. Um, <laughs> Where do you them... get that from? Well, I get that from the free lunch totals on the uh, from the Board of Education. People are going to take um, what they can. A lot of people are going to take what is what is offered to them. They do don't you think understand they'll be it's... able to afford free lunch. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a dollar for lunch. to eat. It's it's a dollar to eat at um, school, right? Will they be able to afford the education? Yeah, well, I, I think they absolutely would be able to afford the education. Will the immigrants be able to afford market it, education? Immigrants have traditionally, even before we had wide-scale government schools in this country, those people tried the hardest to send their kids to school because they understood that not having an education of some level or another uh, resulted in them not making that much money, and they wanted better for their kids. Yeah, they'd forego so, no, the big fancy okay. vehicles that they're currently buying um, in order to send their kids to school. <laughs> Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 says he doesn't think they'll pay. Well, he doesn't know very many immigrants then because they, they're some of the hardest working, most dedicated, most dedicated people. You can bring up whatever you want. SACL CAI toll-free line is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the show and the website, then you should shop with us. Our earlier caller mentioned amazon.freetalklive.com. It's a great way to get the products that you need for life and at the same time help Free Talk Live. Because if you enter amazon.freetalklive.com... Uh, uh, through that link, if you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a cut from your purchase. There's 41 categories you can, you can shop in, everything from groceries to their huge selection of books, electronics, you name it, they probably sell it. Start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and feel good because you're getting the products you want, the brands you need, at the prices you're looking for. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage if you start your shopping at Amazon. FreeTalkLive.com. We just got off the phone with some xenophobe who was uh, talking trash against uh, you his. Think so? I didn't get that impression that he was a xenophobe. Immigrants. Well, whatever. He was talking trash against the immigrants, suggesting that they're all on welfare and that if we had marketplace schools, free market education, that they wouldn't pay to send their kids to school. Well, well I'll uh, be uh, honest, a fair number of them are. I yeah. mean, let's be honest, in many places there are a disproportionate number of illegal immigrants on welfare. Well, but, That's uh, true uh, under just a second. system. Um, there's white people all every, you know, the, I'd say 90-something percent of Americans um, have, who have children are on welfare because public schools are welfare. Mm. When you, if you send, I'm, you know, that's the way it is. Public schools are welfare, and you know, to, to say that the immigrants are worse because they take more welfare, some of them, you know, when you start looking at people in the in those same uh, income brackets, immigrants pay more into the system than uh, Americans well, do. They're in the let's same. Let's stop using the semantic immigrants because it's most immigrants who come here documented come in with a job skill, and they're already earning competitive sure. with Native people. So when he's referring to immigrants, he's referring to people who probably aren't documented. Uh-huh. So you are talking about poor people. Mm-hmm. But the solution there, most people, and I, I wasn't sure which way the caller was trying to go with it, most people object to having to pay for immigrants' kids, because in some cases they do, you know, they do end up on welfare, and that's a very strong objection and a legitimate one, I think, uh, sure. to illegal immigration. So the solution... Well, the objections to, to welfare. Well, to welfare yeah. and, you know, also public schools. I mean, they're already using the public schools, and people complain about that. Well, 
if we privatize the system, if we allow for competition, I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure that they are going to pay for their kids. They might not be able to get them the top of the line education, but I think a combination of them working hard to get their kids an education as well as private charity is going to produce, you know, an adequate education for those children. I really do. But it also means that everybody else who's living in town doesn't have to pay for their kids, which currently they do, whether it's for welfare or for public school. Currently, and if, they, and, and, and if they're uh, one of the parents is staying home for, um, you know, to uh, because they they are on welfare and that kind of thing. It seems to me that they could do a certain level of homeschooling at home. Currently, right now, the people, uh, the taxpayers work, in any given area are paying either way. If you've got a family that has decided that they are sending their kids to school, well, we're all paying for the government schools. But if a family decides that it doesn't like the government school system and also doesn't want to, and these families are rare, but they must be out there. They don't like the government schools, they don't like the private schools, and at the same time they, they want to homeschool, but they don't want to tell the government about it, or they don't want to jump through the governmental homeschooling hoops, because every state has some level of, um, maybe not every, maybe there is a state out there with no homeschooling regulations, but I don't know of it. Uh, if, if there is one, I'd love to know about it at 800-259-9231. But presuming that all 50 states have homeschooling regulations and one family decides it doesn't want to jump through those particular hoops, that it wants to homeschool in the way it, uh, they want to homeschool, then if the, uh, the state government people or the city government people find out about that, then the parents get arrested. The parents get, uh, you know, they get their lo- their freedom taken away from them. Uh, they might not arrest them right off the bat. They might find them, and if they don't pay the fine, then they possibly could uh, could face arrest and, and possible jail time. In which case, then the taxpayers are paying to house the uh, the parents in a jail cell. So either way, the taxpayers lose. Oh, absolutely. Well, we have too many laws. Yeah. I mean, you have these cool. these circumstances where, it, you know, assuming say an immigrant wanted to homeschool their kid, what are their options? They can put them in there, and then we say, oh, they're they're sucking up our money by putting their kids in the public schools, or they don't do it, and then they face arrest. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they're they're not documented, they're still supposed to have those children in school. So. You know, it's it's one of those situations where the government creates its own problems with too many laws. I'm glad you mentioned the charity option as well, because it needs to be touched on. Because uh, one could make the argument that, that even if they accepted our premise that in the free marketplace, competition would bring quality up and would bring prices down. And there's plenty of evidence for that. Lots of evidence. But even if they accepted that premise, one could still say, what about the ultra-poor who couldn't even afford the lowest of the low-priced education? Um, who, uh, there's, there's a lot of people out there that uh, would rather spend their money on cigarettes and beer and uh, you know other drugs than their kids. It's just, they, they're out there. Right. For those people, there are charities. And in this country right now, there are... Just an, an unprecedentedly huge amount of charitable uh, giving, it, and that's with the level of taxation we have. Uh, I can't, I'm not even going to cite a number. It's in the hundreds of billions of dollars, I believe, because it's always changing and go, going upwards. Uh, but if Americans were able to keep all the money that they earned, or even 50% more of the money they earned, they'd have more money to give to charities, and Inevitably, people would give to school-related charities. I know that I would if I had enough extra money to do it with. I, I don't have enough right now, 
But if I had that extra five grand that I pay in property taxes, I would certainly consider giving uh, some of it to a liberty-oriented well, uh, school there charity. There isn't a liberty-oriented school um, there out there. There is here in New Hampshire. Liberty-oriented charity for schools? Yeah, it's called the Liberty Scholarship Fund. Okay, I'm not familiar with it. But um, there there aren't very many options. At this point, currently, I'm robbed to take to, to send people to school. And, uh, you know, the, most, mostly what the schools want as far as charity goes, it seems to me, is... Uh, is uh, help us with the building the new stadium for the football players. <laughs> That's what I hear. I mean, they're so rife with money that the, that the only thing they can think of to ask me for is to, to put new uh, AstroTurf down on the football field. And also, there are certainly uh, religions, religious charities, that would be more than happy to accept new clientele at a very, very reduced rate, if not free. The nuns, for instance, might be interested in doing that. Other other well, religions might be interested the, in that. The Catholic Church has educated people basically for free as a charity in other parts of the world. We haven't done it in the United States because mm-hmm. we've had essentially compulsory public school attendance. So, you know, they haven't really gone into that sphere here, but they could. And who's I mean, to know? I mean, who's to even say what way the marketplace would orient itself? In the absence of governmental restriction, there could be all kinds of different uh, ways to get kids educated. There could be parents' groups that get together and, you know, they uh, they could fund on their own one of those parents to stay at home and take care of X amount of kids and ed- and sort of essentially have a homeschooling school that's not really anything more than a, a parent or two operating out of their house. I mean, there could be all kinds of, of, uh, of combinations and, and ways that things work that we might not even be able to envision the different ways the marketplace could provide education, let alone the Internet. Bring the Internet in. You know, the different ways that one could possibly uh, have their kids educated online with online curriculum. And you want to talk about reduced costs? You don't actually have to have a brick-and-mortars building uh, to send the kids to. You don't have to bus anybody anywhere. You just sit in front of your computer and you get curriculum that way. And that's a possibility, too. So there's all kinds of, uh, of options out there. If we would just let the marketplace operate, we could have them all at our fingertips, and it wouldn't take very long either, by the way. People, uh, w- I think some people would like to think that in the absence, if government schools disappeared tomorrow, that there would be all these kids just without anything to do or anywhere to go. And that's, it's that instant, it's that moment that the control, the government control goes away, that the people who are in search of profit will jump into the game smelling all that money out there just waiting to be spent on on these kids and they would start to innovate and they would begin to create these alternative options. You'd probably have more schools for kids to go to within a matter of weeks after the government was done. And not to mention that there's still a giant building there called a high school. Sure. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, If you want to talk about a transition between public school and private school, it it would be relatively easy. What you've um, suggested before is to give the school... To the bureaucrats. To the bureaucrats, and uh, to offer one year's worth of uh, continuing funding uh, from the community to the school. Right. And then tell them that's going to be your last year. Right. If they can make it, great. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Kelly in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Kelly. Kelly. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to call and comment about the homeschooling laws. Sure. Um, there are actually 10 states that have um, that are no-contact states that do not require you to... Um, discuss or notify or whatever wow, that's um, amazing. to the government. Yeah, actually, New Hampshire is, um, you can find them all on the uh, Homeschool Legal Defense Association web- website. It's hslda.org. hslda.org. Um, yeah, hslda.org. And actually, New Hampshire is um, one of the 
states with moderate regulation. They're not even a low-regulation state. Oh, that's and awful. If, now, you are a homeschooler? I am, Can yeah. we ask you some more questions about that? Will you hold through to Hour 3? Yeah, sure. Kelly, hang on. We're going to bring you back. Talk more about homeschooling with an actual homeschooler. We'll see what the costs are like. We'll see what her experiences have been. And if you've got a question, you're welcome to dial in with that as well. Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. As we launch into hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we go back to your phone calls, Kelly is still on the line with us here. And this is the show about your calls. Kelly, you're in New Hampshire, and uh, you are a homeschooler uh, in that you homeschool children. How many do you have? I have three. Okay, and have you been homeschooling them throughout all three of their existence, or did they go to government school at one point and you pulled them out? What's your story there? Um, they never went to government school, but they've they've been to private two separate two different private schools, and um, we've been homeschooling for the last three years, and we homeschooled one other year a few years ago. What made you decide to uh, move away from the private schools and into the realm of homeschooling? Um. Because the school that we had sent them to was a great school, but um, I had always planned to homeschool them, and I really only put them in in a, in a private school because I sort of panicked at, at the beginning when they were younger. And, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to handle this. Hmm. Um, and then I put them in private school, and I realized, you know, the, the time that I absolutely wanted to homeschool them was through their middle school years, and that's what ages they are now. So um, I just think those are really formative years, and I think they're – better sure. spent with family and selective social, you know, you know homeschool groups and, and, and not um, at schools just to bullies and things like that. that so, I didn't want yeah. them to have to deal some with. Of the yeah, common... you, can, you can beat them up and cuss at them at home if you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so exactly. Common <laughs> objections uh, to, to homeschool. Let me run a couple by you and, and see how you would handle them. Uh, someone might say, well, Kelly, you know, you're not a trained teacher, are you? How can you possibly educate your kids as effectively as a college-educated teacher? Well, um, you know, I, I've been teaching them many things since they were very young. Um, you know, everyday things, I teach them how to, you know, brush their teeth. I help them learn how to walk. I help them learn how to read, you know. So I don't see why you would need a teaching degree to continue to help them learn on their own and just assist them. You know, I'm, I'm sort of secondary to the, to them. I mean, they teach themselves more than I probably teach them. I, I love that concept. And having been government-educated edu- government my entire life, I, I only know what it's like as, as an adult pursuing the things that I'm interested in. And it's so much more fun and so much more engrossing when you actually are interested in the things who's that gonna, you're learning. Who's going to teach you after you graduate high school or college or wherever it is that you're paying somebody to uh, teach you? Who's going to teach you after that? 
You are. Oh, ex- so you might as well you know, learn it early. Yeah, learn it early. Right. So that's the approach you're taking where, uh, and this is what I understand a lot of homeschoolers do, where you, you, you teach them the basics, the, base, the very basics of reading. You give writing. them the tools to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of, maybe a little bit of math, and then you, you send them loose. And, of course, in this world with the Internet, they can learn far more than they possibly ever could in, in the past. And, uh, and then they, they create their own curriculum, and it works, doesn't it? Yeah, and it sticks, you know, because when they learn for themselves, I mean, think about just, I mean, everybody can think about what they've learned most, where did they learn most. The things that they learned most and remember the most are things they taught themselves, things that they got inspired and went out and learned on their own. So what is it that uh, the regulations are like here in New Hampshire? You said they're the mod- they're moderate. Uh, there's there's you know I guess it's kind of mid range as far as the level of intrusiveness. What kind of things do you have to do? What hoops do you have to jump through in order to homeschool your kids in New Hampshire? Well, yeah, actually, uh, like the the H the HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, breaks it up into four categories. They have states requiring no notice, states with low regulation, states with moderate regulation, and then states with high regulation. And New Hampshire is a moderate regulation state. Mm. And um, with this pending SB337, you know, this bill that, that might go through, um, that's going to put us into the high regulation area again oh, if that goes through. But basically what we have to do right now is we have to notify the state at the beginning of the year through a participating agent which could be either a private school teacher, if you choose, or, um, I mean, a private school, sorry, principal, mm-hmm. or um, your district, the superintendent of your district, you know, and like mine would be in Dover. And um, then, once you notify them at the beginning of the year, then at the end of the year, you need to have, you have to keep a portfolio throughout the year, and at the end of the year, you have that portfolio evaluated by um, an education professional, you know, like a certified teacher. And then you have to submit that evaluation to the state. Or you can have standardized testing done and submit those test results to the state. Or I believe you can also just have the child evaluated by a certified teacher. Oh, gosh. What, did, what do you choose for, for your kids of those awful options? Um, we always do a portfolio evaluation. So in the portfolio, you put in what? Some of the, the projects that they've done or what, what is actually in that portfolio? Yeah, it's projects they've done. You have to show, what you have to do is you have to show progress throughout the year, um, in, you know, the basic subjects. And so you usually have stuff from the beginning of the year and then stuff from the end of the year so that the, um, person evaluating can, Say, oh, okay, this looks better than the beginning of the year. So you actually and have to go, do you, do you submit it to them, or do you have to actually go to a meeting with these bureaucrats? Well, you can, it doesn't have to be, the, the certified teacher doesn't have to be a state, I mean, doesn't right, have right. to work for the public school system. You can choose to use somebody from the public school system, but I you don't see. have to. They're, they're certified teachers, some people that are retired, but they keep their certification, and then um, so they're like some, are to. there some people kind of uh, that have certification that you know the right people you can just get them to sign off on you without really having to submit anything to them? Not exactly, no. but there are there are certainly um, some that are more unschool friendly or and others yeah. that are very rigid and very has to be school at home have to so show a ton of things. What are the punishments for not doing it? What mm. if I said, yeah. I'm going to homeschool my kid, and I'm not going to participate in any of the little fun uh, regulatory crap you've got going However on. However many hours you spend filling out these uh, yeah, paperwork. Just not going to do that this, this yeah. year. What, yeah, what well, I'd say if you don't submit at all, 
um, you know, and they, you don't ever notify the state that you exist or, you know, that your kids exist in, in the system, you know, they would just assume that your kids are going to private school. So that probably wouldn't come up as a major issue. In fact, I, I didn't submit um, curriculum. I didn't submit to the state when I first started homeschooling them this last time, but then I chose to for some reason. Oh, I no. Myself. <laughs> so so, so well, they would have was, no way of, of getting wind of your kids right, uh, if you right. didn't comply. Right. But, you know, but then once you do, you're really stuck. You're right. Once your I name's know, in the computer, it's over. <laughs> but, so what is it? Is oh, it a yeah. misdemeanor? If you, uh, if you were to stop now, Kelly, if you were to say, all right, I've had it with this obedience, uh, I'm gonna just going to go ahead and homeschool my kids and I'm not going to ask your permission anymore, what would you be facing? Do you even know? I, I don't know specifically, but I, I'm sure that, that Dover would contact me and say, hey, we didn't get your letter. Where are your kids this year? You know, um, are you still living there? And that, that, that's what I believe would be the first step. I have a friend who actually also lives in Dover, and she homeschools. And she submitted her evaluation at the end of the year two days late, and mm-hmm. this year she's on probation. <laughs> it was a. How did a, that happen? Pro- did they co- send cops to her house? Nope, they sent her a letter and said, you're, you're officially on probation. So, <laughs> and it, I, you know, she's like, I don't even know exactly what that means. It just means she better submit the paperwork in at the proper time this year oh, or her kids might be forced to go back to public school. How awful. You know, I just wonder what it would be like. And, and I know that probably most people aren't going to do this, but I, I like throwing the idea out there. And since you are a New Hampshire-based homeschooler, I figure I'll throw it by you. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea is that these uh, these state government people are, as you as you mentioned, they're trying to re-regulate homeschooling to make it more uh, difficult for people like you to homeschool. And uh, presuming they are successful at this, it just I just feel so sad by all these homeschoolers that that turned out in mass at the the state house to beg uh, to you know to have the state not regulate them any further. If they uh, if they pass this legislation, all of them uh, for the most part are going to continue being obedient. They're going to jump through whatever extra hoops are put up for them. And before you know it, we're going to go down the same road they went down in California, where the California Supreme Court is or, or was it the district court has said circuit court. the circuit court has said that uh, you know. That homeschooling isn't even a right anymore, and that uh, essentially, eventually, you're going to see these homeschoolers forced to send their kids to government school. What I want to know is when are homeschoolers going to decide that enough is enough, and they're no longer going to comply with these bureaucrats? I hope it's soon. Maybe you could be the first one, Kelly. And, hey, check out our Shrine of Female listeners while you're at it. Go to freetalklive.com. We'd love to have you submit your picture for that. We appreciate your call tonight and all your uh, inside info on the homeschooling movement. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over 2,000 of our listeners. There are over 340,000 posts for you to surf around through. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. And get interactive for free. It'll cost you nothing but your time. And boy, it can suck away a lot of time, let me tell you. bbs.freetalklive.com You want to move to New Hampshire, but don't know where you're going to live? Porkmanor.com That's P-O-R-C 
PorkManor.com is a new site that connects freedom-loving landlords with freedom-loving renters. Landlords can easily manage the display of their rentals, including uploading photos and showing videos. And renters can find a place where they'll be living with libertarians and even anarchists. It's simple, efficient, cheap, and effective. It PorkManor.com. You wouldn't believe how cheap it is to, uh, to list your, uh, your apartment for rent on here. And obviously it's free to go look. Hey, that's cool, man. I didn't know Three they were... Three bucks a quarter. Really? That's it? That's nothing. It is. I mean, and even if you have a room, um, you know, you're a libertarian who wants to share a room. Um, it's a you can list. Yeah, you can list just like that. I think that's. I mean, it's well worth it. Even if you're just somebody sitting, like you're saying, in an apartment. I know there's somebody here in Keene that uh, they had a room come open and they they started advertising it over at nhfree.com. But porkmanor.com makes more sense because there's more people going there looking for rooms. Yeah. And to spend three bucks a quarter, so that's a buck a month. So, so to spend a buck a month to have a higher quality a service, renter, you know, to, because it seems to me that the uh, the people that are going to be coming through porkmanor.com the people that are liberty minded activists moving in are generally going to be a more trustworthy high quality renter than uh, than just random folks from a classified ad that's not to say you shouldn't check somebody out if you're if you're a landlord that's not to say you should just give them a pass but it just seems to me that you're going to get a cut above uh, the usual tenant quality if you're actually uh, specifically looking for liberty-minded people. And, you know, I think that uh, a lot of people really like the idea that there are several sort of libertarian rooming houses, for better, for lack of a better term here, mm-hmm. um, you know, large houses where you rent a room, and uh, it, 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 it's, it's cool, the idea of living, you know, like that. I would like it. Absolutely. 1-800-259-9231. If you were not in your current position, if you were a young man, for instance, coming up here all alone would be very cool to uh, to live close by to other Free State Project members. What I understand, ladies live in these houses, too. Oh, my goodness, that's even better. All right, so portmanor.com for more of that, 800-259-9231. We go to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Paula, going once. Paula's gone. Let's go to Joshua in Vegas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Josh. Hello, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, Yeah, actually, I want to talk quickly about the uh, FLDS people. Okay, the um, fundamentalist uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints people. Yes. That's correct. Now, my question is now, they, they took the 416 kids, they rounded them up into the, uh, was it, the stadium? Yes, a coliseum. whatever they were calling it. Right. Yeah, the coliseum. Now, even though the, uh, the FLDS people didn't really put up too much of a fight when they raided their compound, and uh, if they are kind of complying with the government trying to get their children back, mm-hmm. and now even though I don't, you know, sponsor any type of violence at all, I wonder, since we do know they are armed, they did have their own, you know, uh, defense set up to uh, to defend their compound, is I wonder what happens when the government tells them, you know what, you're not getting your kids back. I wonder what happens if these people have the right to take their kids back. Well, I think they've got the right. I don't think they'll be successful. Well, I mean, I mean, they would be vilificated, you know. How would they? I mean, at this point, they have, they've already yeah, how begun much the process... Well, the, the government people have already begun the process of moving the kids out of the Coliseum and into other places. I saw a story on Drudge that I didn't get a chance to really dig into, where the judge has now okayed Child Protective Services shoving these kids into foster families. So at this point, what you're dealing with is th- these uh, kids that don't know a phone number to call home or anything like that. As are a, gonna fo- be, a mo- uh, home may not even have a phone right, number. Right. They're going to be put into foster homes. They're going to be living in places they're completely unfamiliar with. And so, you know, within a matter of weeks, these kids are going to be distributed out, and the parents won't have any way of tracking them down. So, 
they better move now if they're going to do something. I don't think they are. Well, I figured, you know, they, they lose either way, but if they believe that, you know, they're, this is their end of days, then I figure, well, they have to lose. Yeah, well, they, well, that's a good point. Yeah, if this is it, if this is the Holocaust, if this is uh And that's the, the end sort times. of situation that the government runs people to. This could it's only true. happen, um, you know, with, with the government out there using force and screwing things up, being inefficient and forceful. No doubt about it. Right. Joshua, any other thoughts? No, oh, that's it. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. Sort of going back to uh, the topic of, of homeschooling briefly and the concept of obedience. And it's just so sad to watch these homeschoolers begging the government for uh, the, for just a little, just a, a tad bit of more freedom, just begging for for it, or to beg, or, or begging to not have them take away uh, just a tiny iota of freedom. It's it's just so sad to see them because they don't want to jump through the hoops, but they're going to if the government says, well, we put up five new hoops for you to jump through. They'll jump right through it because they don't want their kids going to the government schools and they don't want to go to jail. So they jump through the hoops. And I just I think that if they were to stop jumping as a group, if a, at least even a percentage of the group stopped jumping and publicized that fact, then maybe they uh, maybe they would leave them alone like they left us alone with a gambling event. We publicized a public gambling event over the weekend here in Keene, New Hampshire. The cops knew we were doing it. They stood by and you know, they must have seen it happening. They knew we were going to be out there and they didn't do anything about it. So maybe the same thing would happen to the homeschoolers, but again, that would require some level of courage, some level of gumption, some willingness to put it on the line. And you're, what you're talking about there is uh, people's most valuable asset, their right. children. The people so are, are the, the concern the, would be that the, the, the Child Protective Services would come in and mm-hmm. uh, protect the children by taking them the hell away from their loving parents. It's a legitimate concern, which is why it's uh, like business owners. You know, Business owners and parents are two of the least likely groups to really run out in front of this Liberty Parade. Unfortunately, that's so. It is so unfortunate because they would all, both of those groups would be incredibly powerful if they were to actually stand on principle and refuse to obey the state. Business owners have some assets at their disposal. They have a customer base that's influential, and these parents have the, you know, the, the perspective to say, this, these are our kids. We'll raise them how we want to. Who the hell are you bureaucrats? Who do you think you are? They could take that position to be very strong, I would think, if they did it. And I'd like to, uh, to encourage them to look at others like uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. In fact, Kelly, who called earlier, I believe, is part of RidleyReport.com. Her and her uh, her homeschooled youngins had been making some puppets uh, for Dave Ridley uh, because he was going to do a, a puppet civil disobedience. Apparently, here in New Hampshire, if you if you perform a puppet show in public for money and you don't have a permit, that's like a misdemeanor it's or something bad. like that. Yeah, so he was going to do that in front of the state house tomorrow, but I guess he came down with a flu or something mm. like that, so he's, he's called it off for now. He's going to postpone it. But she, uh, she and her homeschool kids are making uh, puppets for Dave, which is, which is pretty cool. But uh, the reason I bring up Dave is because on one of his recent videos during uh, the, the 15th, around tax day, he talked about how since 2006 he has no longer been filing taxes, and he's been influenced by people like Russell Canning and myself. Uh, he mentioned my name. So the more people that we can get on board the, the train of refusal, if you will, the more people will be encouraged to come on board. So join, Jay, uh, join Dave Ridley, join Free Talk Live in refusing to obey. More coming up. You can take control. 
This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. They include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents. They do patents, wills, living trusts, trademarks, LLCs. You can use, use code FTL, and it'll save you 10 bucks off your order. That's LegalZoom.com, code FTL. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I had a bit of audio that I wanted to play. Since we're talking about being obedient and government force... Uh, and we mentioned taxes a moment ago. Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com coming out of the the, uh, the closet and announcing on a recent Ridley Report that he is no longer paying federal taxes. And he talks about his reasons uh, for no longer participating. But he is with, withdrawn from the system. Absolutely. I uh, will give him a round of applause. But I wanted to play a bit of audio here that I came across from – apparently the website is FreeLiberal.com. The man doing the interview is Jen. I believe it's called Hel- – his last name is pronounced Hellfield or Helfeld. And from what I understand, Jan is a Free State Project member. I've not spoken with him personally, but a quick Google search uh, does reveal that he wrote a few articles about the Free State Project uh, f- a few years back. So he hasn't written anything since, so I-, I don't think he's canceled his membership, but just just presuming he's con- uh, continuing to be a member of the Free State Project. He actually got to interview a uh, U.S. Senator, Senator Harry Reid from Nevada. Apparently he's... the one of those leaders in the house. I've heard house, his name. House majority. I try to ignore whatever. them. I, they're such you know bad people. Right. Normally I wouldn't bother uh, with politicians. You know we don't normally talk about politicians on this show, mm-hmm. and I don't really care who the politician was. Any politician could have uh, could have answered these questions in this way. But he was asking this particular politician about the involuntary nature of taxes, as to whether or not taxes are indeed voluntary. And I, I think you're going to find the bureaucrats' answers, if you can even call them that, somewhat illuminating, maybe angering. At the very least, it should be somewhat entertaining. So let's go with this here. It's from FreeLiberal.com. If the and government is in the business of forcefully taking money from some people in order to provide welfare benefits to others, how will the people whose money is being taken feel about the government? Well, I don't accept your phraseology. I don't think we force people. Taxation is not forceful? Well, no. It's voluntary? In fact, quite to the contrary. Our our system of government is a voluntary tax system. Oh, and I think, how's he going to explain this one away? Yeah, nonsense. To claim that the system of government is a voluntary tax system. Well, we'll let him explain himself here, and we'll see what you think. You don't want to pay your taxes? You don't have to? Oh, of course you have to pay your taxes. But well, the government will force you to pay, or they'll fine you or imprison you. We, we, have, we have a voluntary system. Uh, this, the fact of the matter is that if, uh, uh, when you pay your taxes, 
You see, in many other countries, it's not voluntary. For example, in, in many countries, the government makes sure that your employer takes out every penny. In many countries don't file income tax returns. We have withholding here, too, don't we? Pardon me? Withholding? With some programs, yes. But, but I'm This guy is so slimy and sl just so incoherent. His, his answers, he's just sort of slipping all over the place. He never really uh, makes a, a coherent point about his claim that taxation is is voluntary. What he ends up doing here is is uh, he slips into let's compare governments mode, where he talks about why his gang is better than the other gangs around the world. Well, the other gangs around the world, they do this and this and this to you, and we don't do that here in uh, in America. You'll, you'll hear more of that. So because this gang is somewhat less egregious in some ways than the other gangs, that makes this gang voluntary? And uh, what he's saying is essentially he's defending it uh, by saying, uh, well, that some that that some you know in some countries they they take your money from you at the employer level. Ninety percent of Americans get their money taken from them at the employer sure level. Do. Are you saying that America is ninety percent uh, you know only ten percent better than the rest of these countries? And listen to the blow off that he gives Jan when Jan calls him on that. There there's withholding. He says, let me jump back a bit. Many countries don't file income tax returns. We have Why? withholding here too, don't we? Pardon me? Withholding? With some programs, yes. But, but With some, some programs? programs? He just... Zzz. Yeah, well, what, yeah. what programs are you talking about? Like the IRS? Like the income tax? Like everybody has withholding. Yeah. You either work... Jerk. You, you either own your own business, you don't work. Those are the only two ways to not get withholding. You understand? You'll understand by the end of this clip that there is no hope to convince some people like this guy... This guy is so inculcated in his belief system about what this government is, and he probably believes it's voluntary. He's got this, you know, messed up way of explaining things, and whatever it is he's telling himself when he goes to bed at night is, is some sort of nonsense like this. Oh, we live in this great voluntary nation where you, well, you have to pay taxes, and, uh, but that's okay because we're better than the other countries, and that's what makes us voluntary. We're talking about in some countries, European countries is an example. There, there, you don't file an income tax return. There is no need to because your employer takes all the money out. That's the difference between a voluntary and an involuntary but system. Can't, if can't, you can't cheat and not pay your is, I'm curious. In the legalese, in the laws of this country, did they define voluntary differently? Is that what he's doing? Is they he do it talking, all the time. Is he talking about the legal definition of voluntary? Is there a different different definition? Because in the world of legalese, you can take a regular English word and redefine it to mean something else. Did they redefine the term voluntary in legalese to mean that, well, because uh, you can choose to fill out your own tax paperwork in America, that's a voluntary system? Otherwise, how could he possibly not understand? How could he possibly not agree with the interviewer? When he suggests that, well, if you have to pay taxes, if you're being threatened, then it's not voluntary. How could you, what, how could you continue telling yourself some different story? It seems so obvious to me. Continue here. Right. But I don't accept your phraseology that you, you forcibly take money from somebody else and give it to, to you know, that's the way it is on any program. I mean, Canada tax highway, highway program is the same. We. We, we take money, we forcibly take money in your phraseology, but from people on the highways with it, put people in the army. So first he says he doesn't accept it. And then he goes on to admit that that's how it all works. Yes. Well, everybody forces, uh, you know, taxes. So you can't say that it's forced taxes. 
Isn't it crazy? Just the crazy rationale here is just nutso. That's why I wanted to play this for you so you can understand, at least have some con- conceptualization of what goes on in these people's heads. Well, that's how everybody does it. And that there's some validity to that particular argument that that's the way government d- works and, and that's right. how and it's th- done. And then he tries to make it – What? The, then he brings up the roads in the army as though – I think he's presuming that everyone wants those things and so it's okay to force you to pay for those things. He brings those up. Obviously, the interviewer doesn't agree because he's, he's on our side. Can the taxpayer decide not to pay his tax if he wants? He can. He can not pay his tax. If he wants. What will he be the, What will happen? Civil, he's subject to civil and criminal penalties. They'll put him in jail. They use force against him. He he pays. Everybody pays taxes under threat of jail or fine, uh, under threat of force. In other words, you are forced to pay your taxes, whether you fill out your form voluntarily or whether it's withheld by your employer. You don't have a choice on whether yeah. you can Harry Reid was pay. an idiot for getting in this interview, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing that this didn't go anywhere. but uh, It's it, on YouTube. It's Well, yeah. I, I, I don't think that... I don't know. It's not hitting the major public at this no, point. No, of course not. It, of course but, not. Um, it never will. It, yeah, bad idea. Politicians, don't go on where we, where we can ask you questions like this, because <laughs> we are going to bake your little... Uh, cherry pie. But it's this kind of crap that is just so frustrating. It's 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 uh, discussions like this that make it so I don't ever want to talk to these politicians again. It, it harkens back to when I was talking with Molly Kelly, one of the senators here in New Hampshire, about um, the marijuana issue, and it took me minutes and minutes, and I asked her over and over again the same question about how does she feel about marijuana decriminalization, and she just beat around the bush and never answered the question. Absolutely, in fact, at one point, outright refused to answer the question. These people live in some bizarro fantasy land that... Well, they think they help people. Don't, wouldn't, don't you want your job to be to help people? 800-259-9231. There's more to the interview. We'll get with that and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, but only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with me. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in that 3 bucks a month, we take it in, reinvest it into the program, and get on more radio stations across the country. We also use it to outreach to internet listener, uh, get new internet listeners on board uh, with the show as well. So it's a, a great program, and it's resulting in some great success in getting on more stations. We've got over 30 stations uh, from coast to coast at this point, and I would say without the AMP program, we'd probably have less than 10. I don't know. I, it, it's it's very difficult to say, but it's it, been helpful. AMP has absolutely accelerated the growth of this show and it makes a big difference for us. And you'll get perks, too. You'll get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. We continue the interview with this jackball, uh, some Senator Harry Reid, I guess, from Nevada. He's some bigwig in D.C., apparently. Anyway, apparently some libertarian TV guy uh, who hosts his own, tel- I guess, cable access show, Jan Helfeld, or I'm being told it may be pronounced Jan, J-A-N, Jan Helfeld. Anyway, he uh, got this guy to do an interview, and I don't know how he pulled this one off, but uh, the dude actually sat with him and, and interviewed for a few minutes about taxation and its nature. Is taxation voluntary or not? Well, 
the interviewer takes the position that we would take, and that is that taxation is no. not voluntary <laughs> because you are threatened with force if you do not comply. But those points just roll right off the back of this guy as he continues to just obfuscate and uh, you know use double speak to talk about nonsense about how well it's voluntary taxation system because you get to choose to fill out your own paperwork instead of having all the businesses do the paperwork for you you're choosing to do it yourself so therefore it's voluntary and and that's even a, that's a less obscure right. version of the explanation than than he gave and then he likes to also compare America's government with other governments to suggest that well America's voluntary because the other governments are more coercive Apparently, the the other other governments are less desirable uh, in some ways, so therefore our system is voluntary. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, his position is absolutely. He's not absurd. talking about whether the nature of the system what what it is. He's just talking about the degrees to which the government will go. So he, he's not discussing whether it's a voluntary system. Nope. He's just saying we're not quite as bad as some other countries that. Right. Take more so you should be feeling directly. great about that. We won't drag you off to the gulag, and your parent and your uh, family will never hear from you again. We'll just drag Thank you off to the, the gulag, gulag, and you can talk to your family on the weekends. Yeah, once in a while. Let me continue the interview here, and uh, we'll continue listening to his nonsense. Taxes that are going to be used for welfare programs, you can't make that choice. Well, but but the reason our system is called a voluntary uh, tax system, and I recognize because it's a lie. Ultimately, yeah. you can't cheat in your taxes. But our we have many. Uh, provisions in the law they don't have in most countries. We have deductibility for home interest. But that on doesn't make it voluntary. Payment. They don't have that in most. That's countries. his explanation, though, as to why. But it's it's a lie. <laughs> it's, an, it's a misunderstanding of of what well, what the definition of voluntary means. Yep. For home interest on mortgage payment, they don't have that in most countries. We have deductibility for certain excessive expenses as it relates to uh, health, uh, doctors, hospitals. We have all kinds of tax. Some people call them loopholes, but others would call them incentives for people to do business. And that's why you don't, you, you, you're not forced to pay certain tax. There are ways if you decide to buy a home. You can decide not to pay taxes in the United States? I, I mean, I really don't understand what you're trying to get out of here. <laughs> How stupid are you? It's because he does, he does not want to say... Well, yes, of right. course you're forced to pay taxes, right. and of course we'll put you in prison, because Cause then he'd sound like a thug, right? right? That's it, a good it, point, Mark. So he does understand. He's just lying and claiming to not understand, Yeah, I mean, as though there's some sort of communication breakdown about the term voluntary and what it I means. I can't understand what you mean. Which is what he started his conversation with when he used the term voluntary. He started out by saying, well, I don't agree with, your, uh, with where you're coming from. Yeah, your that. premise is flawed. Right. Yeah, whatever. Let me continue here. The point of the matter because is... Because you objected to my phraseology. You said that you say that the government isn't forcefully taking money from some people to provide welfare benefits to others. And in fact, that's what it's doing because all taxation is forceful. It's backed up by physical force. If you don't pay your taxes, the government will intervene with you forcefully. So you don't have a choice. It's not Stop. voluntary. You can't decide not to pay and not suffer a consequence. If you don't pay... You go to jail. Well, you, so you you're forced to, to pay. You don't. You don't go to jail. Some people go to jail. <laughs> Wait, and and he says two things at once. Listen to him. He says you don't go to jail, and then right after that, he says some people go to jail. Hey, you go to jail. Well, you, so you you're forced to, to pay. You don't. You don't go to jail. Some people go to jail. There are all <laughs> kinds of civil penalties. If you don't pay your taxes, you pay interest and you pay penalties. The fact of the matter is, our system is a voluntary system. That's a fact. 
It's a fact <laughs> that our system so. is voluntary. <laughs> what a scumbag. That's who you're dealing with. When you call to talk to uh, your representatives or senators at the right. national level. A guy that can justify anything uh, by simply deluding himself. Just re- yeah, just renaming uh, terms, just uh, redefining words. That's yeah. what they do. It's voluntary because we make you fill out, we, <laughs> we stand over you and make you fill out your tax forms, and uh, we don't punish you in quite the same way that other countries do. Mm-hmm. What? Well, politicians are, are good at telling people what they want to hear, so... That's how they keep getting reelected, even though they do things that many people disagree with. So it's not too much of a surprise that they can yeah, lie it's, and it's twist words. It's politicians that make uh, that make it just make it for me that I, I just can't stand the, the political system anymore. I, I've I've lost yeah. any hope. I've lost most hope for it. I think from a state level, this is why I'm for secession. I think from a state level, we can control our state politicians, uh, but. On the national level, you just can't. There's too much money out there, and Americans are too busy. And the how slickest many politicians of the slick, does, like this guy, yeah, go there. Each, each American has to watch how many politicians. How many state representatives do I have here in Keene? Six? Seven. Seven. I've got to watch yep. seven state representatives, one state um, senator. Mm-hmm. I've got two, uh, two state senators and one state representative uh, to watch, and the president. Those are all my politicians. Don't forget the city council. Um, I didn't vote for the any five at-large seats that are here and the one ward mm. uh, seat yeah. that are here. I have to watch. Oh, I forgot to mention the county officials. Now, are those the same as the state reps? Or well, there's some sit there and some really. Don't. There's like yeah. So I've got to watch the five county right, and uh, the sheriff. Too. What and is all that? that? How many have I named? Fifteen elected officials I've got to watch here, and that's just the people that. Those are the legislative types. Like you said, uh, there's executive types. Yeah, what about I did all the bureaucrats? The, I did mention the president, but uh, you know, there's there's the the sheriff, and and then there's the tax collector, there's the county attorney, mm. there's the school board. I've got to watch all these people. How can I do it? You can, and they know it. But at least here in in New Hampshire, you know, most of the representatives are sort of bumpkins in that they, you know, they're not the professional slickster politicians. Most of the people right, in New right. Hampshire. Well, that's because you talk to the the local senator who is 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 certainly, if not a bumpkin, uh, a, a oh, she's a, she's a slime bag. Uh, she she wouldn't answer your question either. She was worse at it than Mr. Reed. Mr. Right. Reed at least could fill the air with uh, nonsense. Right. He could string words together that uh, were you know he he never totally at, at any point uh, you know lost his cool yeah whereas she did she's oh, yeah, like she i'm not gonna it. answer you i hate you stop asking yep. me these questions so you know no different so yeah there is something to be said for more local uh, the ability to have more influence over local politics but it's not saying much it really isn't saying much uh, I think the political activists here in New Hampshire are going to have greater success than any libertarian activists have ever had anywhere else, but time remains to tell as far as how much success they will achieve. We'll see. This year will be interesting because this year, 2008, will mark the second year for many, many movers here to New Hampshire, many people that have moved here as part of the Free State Project. And the final year for the uh, first 1,000 to arrive. That's why so many have yeah. been arriving is because – we uh, the first 1000 was put together we managed to uh, pull it off i and uh, jason osborne from sacl cai finished the first 1000 mm, you did and um you know they're coming some of them are coming i don't know how many of the first 1000 are going to show but 750 wouldn't that be great but a number of the uh, the movers who came here earlier than this year a few yeah. years ago are now qualified to run for state house 
And so we probably are going to see more Free State Project members entering into the realm of politics from mm. the election standpoint. And we'll see how they do. Well, uh, you know, I think that uh, some of them are bound to get in. We've already gotten, uh, at, at the very least, with three Free State Project members right. in. Right, and that means they can throw a wrench into the system and hold up some of the awful legislation, and that's a good thing. But And uh, uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis Goddard says that we only need a couple dozen in there. Yeah. And but I share your everything. frustrations, Mark. It's so, sl- it's so slow going. Secession is the only yeah. answer here. Right, and I talk, and, I, when you and, say secession, all the states. I'm in favor of seceding Keene, New Hampshire. I'm, I'm in favor of seceding my little plot of land. I'm, you know, I'm in favor of, of that, too. By the way, quick update here. Uh, Ron Paul, 32%. Precincts reporting in Pennsylvania. Ron Paul with 16% of the vote, which is, of course, only because not very many people are going out to vote. And the, Paul, uh, the Paul people are overrepresented. Anyway, uh, it's Benny in here with you. And Nick. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The cynic says, I started losing my hair and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacore two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacore's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacore's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Avacore and receive boost just for trying Avacore. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.